started a series the previous week on understanding righteousness and uh, assurance of your salvation. I just want to go continue in the same spirit this morning and uh, we take another dimension in the afternoon. Amen. Say, I receive the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. Say it again. I receive the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. You're trying to be able to finish the first service pretty early. Amen. Yes. So those that come late today, by the time they get here, possibly I'll be almost closing. Now let's get back to the slides. Last week, I made you understand the different dispensations. Somebody say dispensations. That the world has been through various dispensations from the time of creation. I hope you brought your notebooks to make notes. Yeah, I said from the time Adam was created, they were, we were in the dispensation of innocence. And when Adam sinned, we moved to the dispensation of conscience. And then we moved to the dispensation of human government. And then from there, we came to the dispensation of promise. When Abraham was called and given a promise, um, but the promise was that as, as time will come, his descendants will go into captivity. And then from the dispensation of promise, we went to the dispensation of the law. And from the dispensation of the law, that was the time the Israelites left Egypt. We came to a new dispensation called the dispensation of um, 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 that is the time they were given the law when they left Egypt and they went to the promised land. God gave them the law. That season of the Israelites in Canaan was the dispensation of the law. And uh, after that season was the longest season that ever lasted because it lasted until Jesus came. Amen? Now, when Jesus came, then grace came in. Now, I made you understand that Anytime a new dispensation comes into being, the old one is aborted or is abolished. Amen? Like the, what I showed you um, 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 with the telephone. Can you go back to that slide? Yes. Now, if you look at this, this was the first telephone that was ever made. When that came, when they improved it and brought into this, and they improved it and brought into that, and then we came here, how many of you were holding phones like this with a long pole? wonderful and then now that we are using smartphones and when we see you using this it's a sign that you are what old-fashioned i mean you don't know what is happening some people are still living here and then we came to the era of nokia 3310 and then that time if you have one you are the main guy <laughs> i'm telling you and then we came to these uh, phones and then we came to that, and now we are in the dispensation of the smartphones. In the same way, in this era, if you're still holding this mobile phone and walking around, you would think that possibly there is something wrong with you, isn't it? Anytime a new dispensation comes in, the old dispensation was abolished. And then we go on. Yeah, so move on from there. Yes, so now I talked to you last week on the dispensation of the promise where there was no law. Somebody say there was no law. God punished Pharaoh for the sin of Abraham and God actually told Abraham to pray for Abimelech even after he, Abraham, had lied. Amen? Yes, and then now we are going further to a new dispensation. Somebody say dispensation. Now we are in the dispensation of grace. Somebody say grace. Now, um, today morning, I was working so hard and trying to put some things together, and I realized that this thing is bigger than we ever teach. So, I'll possibly push it a few weeks until then we I completely exhausted. The main reason why you need to know this is because of the fact that you need to understand who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you. Amen? Now, by grace, somebody say, I have been saved by grace and mercy. I think we dealt with this yes, um, last week, isn't it? Yeah, on Ephesians chapter 2, let's go back to this quickly. Ephesians 2 chapter 5, how you are saved. You are saved by grace and mercy. Ephesians 2 chapter 5, shall we read one go? Mm-hmm. 
Now the Bible says, read it. The Bible says, even when we were spiritually dead, that is when we were sinners, and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with him, together with Christ, for by his grace and undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. Say, I have been saved from God's judgment. Say it again, I have been saved from God's judgment. So by, from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5, we understand that we are saved from God's judgment. When, as long as you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, salvation is yours. Amen? Now we move on to the next slide. And then now, I'm just trying to push it. Yeah. Now, read what is there. Say, I am not a sinner. Uh, you say, I, I were, if you were a sinner, you were a sinner not because you sinned, but you were a sinner because Adam sinned. Say, I was a sinner, not because I sinned, but because of Adam's sins. That is what the Bible says. In the same way, God has made you righteous, not because of anything you have done, because of what Christ did. In fact, a newborn baby that was born today is declared as a sinner. Not because they have done anything wrong, because they are a seed of Abraham. Amen? Are you following me? Yes, because they are a seed of Abraham, they are declared as a sinner. And in the same way, you are declared righteous, not because of something you have done, because of what Christ did. Now, I want us to go to Romans 5, 18 to 19, and then we can push it on from there. Romans chapter 5. Shall we read one go? Now, the word justification, somebody say justification, is synonymous to the word righteousness. Amen? So the Bible says, so then through one man's trespass, that is Adam's sin, there resulted in condemnation for all, come on, follow me, for all, even so through one man's act of righteousness, there result justification for all. In other words, Adam's sin made everybody a sinner, and Jesus' act of righteousness, obeying to go to the cross, makes us righteous. Just the fact that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you are declared righteous. Somebody say righteous. You see, righteousness is not something you do. Righteousness is something that is given. Are you following me? Yeah, possibly next week I'll make you understand a bit better. You are righteous not because you do right. You are righteous because you are saved. And you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Say, I'm righteous because I'm saved. Yes, yeah, say, I'm righteous because I am saved. Yes, just because of the fact that you are saved and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you are declared as righteous. You are declared as righteous. Righteousness is a state that God gives you when you get born again. It is what we call imputed righteousness of God. But now, the fruits of righteousness is what you do. Are you getting me? God imputes upon you righteousness. But now, after you have been declared righteous, then God expects you to walk as a righteous man. Are you following me? Yes, yeah, so he declares you righteous. He declares you um, 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 justified. Then you begin to live the life that reflects the name he has given you. For instance, if right now you, um, let's say, um, um, you, you become, say, a governor or a president. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, you are expected to live like that. There are certain things you are not supposed to be doing. There are certain things you are expected to be doing. You are conferred onto that position, but now after you have been given that position, God expects you to live in that manner. Are you following me? Yes. yes. So you are righteous not because um, of anything you have done. You are righteous because Jesus has made you righteous. Amen? Are you following? Yes. So now let's go to the next point, and then I will be able to, I think that was where I ended last week. I'm just trying to do a, a quick recap, and then we can go. 
Shall we read one go? Christ became sin so that we may. Christ became what? So that we may become what? And that is what I illustrated here last week. Every sin that you have, Christ took it upon himself and swapped you and made you what? Righteous. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 21. Shall we read one go? Yes, the Bible says he made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. So all the sins you would have ever made or committed, Christ took it upon himself. So that in him we would become acceptable and have a right standing with God. Are you following me? So Christ took your place. If not for what Christ did, none of us would have a right standing with God. Just because of what he did, now we are declared as having right standing with God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Yes. Yeah, so that is one of the things you need to do. Now the question comes now is, now follow me, I'm beginning for today. Everything I've said, I've said it last week. Now the question comes now is, the fact that in case you are saying, by man of God, I'm righteous. Then now what happens in case I commit a sin. Now, the Bible makes us understand that there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. But now, as you know there is no condemnation for you, that does not also warrant you, um, 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 gives you the warrant to do anything that you want. Are you getting me? You need to desire to move every day from the place of confession to the place of possession. There are so many people, their prayers are full of confessions. If your prayers, every now and then, you are always confessing and confessing and confessing, you don't advance in the kingdom. Hallelujah. You must have that kind of spirit and desire to move away from the place of confession to the place of possession. Are you following me? Yes. And you are able to do that when you begin to work the works of righteousness. Are you following? Yes. So, everything that Christ did was to give us a state, place us in a certain position, and from there we begin to live the life that he expects us to live. Now, let's go. The Bible says Christ became sin. In that sense, we come, get, take me to Romans chapter 8, verses 1. The fact, what, because of what Christ did, your sins of the past, your sins of the future, and your sins of the present, they are all forgiven. And now let's go on to um, what Romans, Apostle Paul says in Romans 8. He says, one go, there is therefore now. Now, do you understand that scripture? You understand that scripture? I want somebody to try to help us understand what does that scripture mean? Anybody, what is your opinion of that scripture? Because that forms the foundation of what I'm going to be speaking on tonight, today. There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe him as personal Lord and Savior. Do you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That means that scripture says you are not what? Condemned. Amen? Are you following me? I always told you last week, take something because it is written in the Bible, not because you heard it somewhere. Are you getting me? The Bible makes it emphatically clear. There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who have accepted him as Lord and somebody say there is no condemnation for me. Shout it, I'm not condemned. Yes, so when you push on to the next slide, I said as a believer, you are not guilty of anything your sins of the past, your sins of the present, and your sins of the future, Jesus took care of it on the cross. Hallelujah. Are you following? Yes, yeah, say my sins of the present, my sins of the past, and my future sins has been taken care of 
by Jesus on the cross. Yes, every sin you would ever commit had been taken care of by Jesus on the cross. So you need to confidently and boldly connect to that word and it becomes yours. Amen? Yes, we go on to the next. Now go with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. 1 John 1 9. Shall we read one go? Now, the Bible says if we freely admit that we have sins and confess our sins, what happens? He is what? Faithful and just to what? Forgive you your sin uh -huh, and cleanse you from all what? Forgive you and cleanse us how? Somebody say continuously. Now, let me make you understand. The Bible says when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you continuously from all forms of what? Unrighteousness, your wrongdoing, everything that is not in conformity with what God wants you to do. Anytime you miss it, Christ has a way of cleansing you. Somebody say cleansing me. Yes, yeah, so we present ourselves before God every time God sees us as righteous, not because you did something right, because every now and then there is a continuous what? Cleansing. Somebody say cleansing. The spirit of God continuously cleanses you. Every now and then you are continuously being cleansed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Why? Because that is what, how Christ has made it. We are continuously being cleansed. We are continuously being forgiven. And that is why God always tells us, forgive others so that you shall be forgiven. Because as for you, every single day he's forgiving you. Every single time he's cleansing you. Every single time he's turning a blind eye to your sins. Why? Because of his nature. He is a loving father. Are you getting me? If God was to look at some of us, our sins, he will not give anybody a blessing. If we are to have a video show, you know, when we're in Sunday school, when we're young, they used to tell us that when you go to heaven, they will show a video. Were you told that? Yes. Say, when you go to heaven, they will show a video of all the sins you have sinned. In fact, if God attempts to do that, many of us will run away from heaven. Because your entire life will be played on the screen and people will be watching. Are you getting me? Yes, there is not going to be any video. Hallelujah. <laughs> Someone say there will be no video. If God was to video us, now we will call you. Lydia Adema. Now they, they play. <laughs> now they go play. Then we start, some of us will run away. Are you getting me? The reason why there will be no video is this. He continuously cleanses you. Are you following me? Anytime you do it, he takes it away. The Bible says the lamp of God that takes away the sins. Yes, so anytime you commit a sin, that is for those who are saved. He takes away your sin. Anytime he cleanses you. Remember the illustration I did last week? Yeah, anytime he cleanses you. So that every time you appear before him, thank you, Father, you look righteous. So that you can stand in the throne of grace and begin to claim anything that you desire from the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, so the Bible says, Scripture makes us understand that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Now, when you go to 1 John chapter 2, now let's let's get into first john chapter two the other day somebody asked me a very interesting question um says so when was the last time man of god you sinned what sin have you committed i said me i don't remember why should i remember my sins when the person i sinned against tells me that he doesn't remember my sins and you are always remembering and you are always feeling bad about yourself. You are always feeling guilty. Let me tell you, guilt is not from God. Take it away. Take it from me. Say, guilt is not from God. 
Every negative emotion you encounter, it is not from God. Guilt, depression, anxiety, all those negative emotions, they are demonically sponsored. Are you following me? Yeah, so guilt is not from God. Anytime you feel guilty, sometimes you can, the devil can make you feel guilty to make you feel like you don't even qualify to be in the house of the Lord. Are you following me? Yeah, guilt is not from God. The devil makes you feel like that so that he can completely keep you away from the church. Completely keep you away from the kingdom. Because once you feel guilty, you feel like you don't qualify to go into the presence of God. So what do you do? You stay out of church and you keep staying out of church before you realize you'll be joining the world. Amen? So let's hear what scripture says here. Shall we read one go? He says, I am writing you these things so that you do not sin and violate God's law. In other words, there is the ideal, the ideal that the scripture of God requires of us is that we do not sin. Somebody say we do not sin. But now the reality of the fact, uh, the reality of the matter is that we as human as we are, we may fall into sin. But now he says, I write these things to you so that you do not violate God's law. And if, shall we read from Eve? We have who? Yeah, the Bible says if in case we sin, we have a father, an advocate who would who is interceding for us he's always with the lord anytime john says father forgive him i that is why i went to die so every single time we commit an error the lord jesus is interceding advocating for you that evil shall not come to you that you do not lose your job that no bad thing happens to you in as much as he's not supposed to do that the reason why he's doing that for you and i is because he shed his blood for you and i so he qualifies to intercede and, and, and speak and cleanse you even in the midst of your negativities and your sins. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, so he says that my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you do not violate God's law. And even if you do, there is an advocate. Somebody say an advocate. Who is Jesus, the righteous and the upright one who conforms to God's thought in every way. Uh -huh, next verse. Now, and he, Jesus, one go. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Thank you. Can I illustrate something? Come forward, gentlemen. Yes, come. Um, get, get a bag. Get a bag. Let me get a bag quickly. Another bag. There's a bag under there. Get a bag. Yes, thank you. Now, let's assume, now this man is, um, um, let's say Dr. Tari has committed a sin. All right? And this man has also committed a sin. But now, Elder, please come. Elder is God. Now, God qualifies God wants to give a blessing. Hold this. Now let's assume this is the blessing. These guys have committed sins. And because of the sins that they are still holding, lift it up a bit. Because of the sins that are still with them, they do not qualify to be given this. In fact, because of the sin that they have, they have committed, judgment, evil, the Lord is supposed to strike them. The Lord is supposed to torment them. The Lord is supposed to take away their jobs. Take away everything that they, 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 they have done. Money is coming out of the Bible. <laughs> See, it's part of the package that they are supposed to receive. Yeah. Are you getting me? Yes, it's part of the package. Now, they are supposed to receive blessings, but now they are holding sins. Let's assume I am Jesus with the Father. So, when this one is coming, God will rather... Try to assess him. As he's coming, God will rather strike him and throw him away because he's holding what? But now, because I am with the father, I am the one try hitting him. Try hitting um, him with the Bible. Uh, try to hit him. 
Now he's supposed to be punished. I come in to hold God's wrath. Are you following me? Jesus holds the wrath of God from coming upon us as his people. Why? Because of what he did on the cross. The sacrifice he made on the cross qualifies him to hold God. When God is about to strike this one, try striking him. Now, I hold the wrath. God, you can't strike him. Are you getting me? This one comes, God is about to strike him. I hold the wrath. God, you can't strike him. Why? Because I shed my blood for them. If not for the fact that Jesus is, Jesus is standing with the Father, interceding and holding back the wrath of God, nobody would qualify for anything. Now, it is there. Let's read the scripture so that you understand it. Now, I've illustrated it, you get it better. Now, the Bible says, and he, that same who, uh, the atoning sacrifice that holds back what? The wrath of God. Are you following me? Jesus holds back the wrath of God from coming to us. It's not because you are perfect. You are still imperfect. You don't qualify for anything. But the wrath of God is held by the Lord Jesus. What a joy to be saved. What a blessing to be saved. Are you getting a point? Yes. So instead of now, please come. Instead of him releasing the judgment on them. What Jesus does is he comes, Jesus takes away the sin. And then now he qualifies for it. And now this one is also coming, Jesus takes away the sin. And he qualifies for the blessing. As long as they are holding the sin, they cannot qualify for anything. And that is why Jesus is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God. So that would have before been directed to us, Jesus holds it back and makes every single one of us qualify for anything we deserve from God. Are you following it? Yes, thank you. So Jesus is the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God. Because of the reason why he holds back the wrath of God that would have been directed to us because of what? Look at the screen. Our Okay, let's take it again. Let's take it again. You need to focus so that we can go. One go. Let's all read it. One go. Mm -hmm. That would have been directed to because of what? Exactly. Are you following me? Because of our sinful nature, the wrath of God would have been directed to us, but Jesus holds it back. Amen? Because of your sinful nature, and not for us alone, but also for the sins of all. It's written in the Bible. Let's follow, let's follow, let's read it. Uh-huh. And not for us. Uh, uh. Okay, let's read it in agreement. One go. Hallelujah. So Jesus holds back the wrath that would have come upon all believers. Amen? Because of what he did on the cross. That is why I said it's a joy to be saved. Somebody say it's a joy to be saved. Shout it, say it's a joy to be saved. Shall say it's a joy to be saved? In fact, the day you were supposed to have an accident, God, Jesus steps in and holds back the wrath. When evil was supposed to come to you, you did something very bad at work, you were supposed to have been fired, but Jesus stands in and holds back the wrath. Every time you do anything contrary to the word of the Lord, Jesus comes in and holds back the wrath of God from being executed upon you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, it was there in the kitchen. They, they opened the new one, they put it in the fridge. So, now, the one that has not been opened is kept in the kitchen. Alright? So, it has a foil. So, you can guess what I was doing. I don't remove the foil. I make a hole at the bottom. <laughs> so... <laughs> I made holes with nails at the bottom. So by the time they realized that Milo was finished, 
but the fire was still there. Somebody say mess. See, and once I, I made a hole, I put it back with sellotape. So I always had sellotape on me. So when I go, I remove, I pour, then I cover it. I did that until I was busted. And the way I was beaten. Somebody say mess. Yes. So let's go. For the persons, nobody will be justified or declared righteous if you are under under what? Under what? Yes. Under the law, you can never be declared righteous. Give me Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2 from the New Living Translation, NLT. And then we can go on. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Shall we read one go? Now, he said, therefore, since we have been made, he didn't say you will be made right. He says you have been made. Right. Now, I want you to accept to say, I have been made righteous. I have been made righteous. By faith. Somebody say, by faith. by faith. He said, therefore, since you have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have what? Peace with God because of what Christ has done. Yes, you are declared righteous. You have been made righteous because of what Christ has done for us. Amen? You are at peace with God. God doesn't hate you. Amen? Yes, God loves you. Hallelujah. Yes, so you need to accept it and run with it. And let's take the amplified version of this scripture and then we can go to the last part and then now we should be rounding up. Mm -hmm. Shall we read? Now, I want you to capture this scripture. Let it be part of you. One, go. Therefore, Hold on. The Bible says, therefore, since now we have been what? Everybody, since we have been what? And now he's explaining the word justified. That is, in other words, in case we remove the word justified, we can read it. Since we have been acquainted of sin and declaimed before who? Now, the Bible says God has declared us blameless before him. We have been declared what? Blameless before who? You have not done anything wrong. God sees you as righteous because of what Christ did. Are you following? Yes. You have been acquainted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith. Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord. What? Glory be to God. Are you following the scripture? So that is what it means when you get born again. When you get saved, you are justified. You are declared righteous. You are, you are acquainted of sin. Hallelujah. You need to understand it so that somebody does not sell you a lie because they don't know the word of God. Every scripture I am quoting, I am quoting it from what? From the Bible. So that you can connect with it and identify with it and be assured of your salvation. Are we together? Yeah, so that is one of the things that you need to understand. Now, the point is this. When grace came in, the law was kicked out. Amen? And when you read the, um, the book of Galatians, Galatians used Ishmael. How many of us remember Ishmael? The first son of Isaac. Abraham, sorry. The first son of Abraham. How many of you remember him? What happened to Ishmael? Ishmael was thrown out of the house when Isaac was weaned. From the time Isaac was weaned, Ishmael was thrown out of the house. So, Apostle Paul compares the dispensation of grace and the dispensation of the law with Ishmael and Isaac. Now, Isaac is grace and Ishmael is termed as the law. Now, I want us to go into scripture and then um, 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 you can be able to understand it. Galatians 4. Shall we read one go? Now, this is very deep. If you don't follow it, you may lose it. Now, let's go. One go. Now, Abraham had two sons. One by the slave woman, Haggai, and the other by the freed woman. Uh-huh. 
Let's go to the next one. But the child of the slave The child of the slave woman was born according to her. How? Because God, God had already promised Abraham that he was going to um, 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 his wife will conceive and he'll be the father of many nations. But Abraham could not wait. So Sarah actually spoke to Abraham and said, take Haggai and make sure you have children with Haggai so that your descend, you, you, you can be able to have descendants after you. But that was not the will of God, isn't it? Yeah, it was something that he did according to the flesh because he couldn't wait for the will of God. Touch your name and say, wait for the will of God. Let me tell you, most of the time when you go ahead of God, you try to do things by yourself, you end up crashing. It might take time, but God's purpose for your life will still come to pass. God's will will still manifest. You don't need to rush and get ahead of God. You need to stay in the will. Now, he says that, but um, the slave woman was born according to the flesh and had an ordinary birth. While the son of the freed woman was born in fulfillment of what? Yes. So, the son of the freed woman, which is Isaac, was born to fulfill the promise God had given. But the son of the slave woman, Haggai, was born according to the flesh. Now, in the law, everything is about your flesh. You, what you have to do. Like what Abraham did. Abraham was trying to do something to make sure something happens for him. That is the acts of the flesh. But now, for Sarai, she conceived just by the promise that God had already what? Given them. Now let's go to the next point. Let's go to the next point. Shall we read? Uh-huh. As what? No, no, no. As what? That one. Okay. <laughs> that is, I will illustrate. Now, Apostle Paul is trying to use Haggai and Sarah Ishmael and Isaac to illustrate the law and grace. Are you following? For these two women represent two covenants. The new, the covenant one that originated from Mount Sinai, which is where the law was given. So, Haggai represents the law. Are you following? The law was given at Mount Sinai. And the law led the children of Israel into slavery. That is, hey guys, let's read. For these two covenants, read so that you get it. Let's read one. Go in the middle. For these two covenants. For these co women, sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Now, next verse. Now, hey, rip. Yes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Next verse. Now, Apostle Paul said, and we, believing brothers and sisters, we are believers. That's why he said believing. Are you following me? We are like who? Isaac. You are not like Ishmael. You were not born merely by physical descent. You were born out of promise spiritually. We are believers. It says, and we believers, brothers and sisters, we are not, we are like Isaac. Isaac was born through a spiritual. I mean, the time Sarah gave birth to Isaac, there was no it medically, it was not possible. But miraculously, it happened. You and I, we have been born again miraculously. It is not a physical thing. You may be the, the daughter or the son of whoever, but as God sees us as a miraculous children born from the seed of Christ. Are you following me? Yes, now let's, go, let's continue. Uh 
Now hold on. But at the time, the child that was born according to the flesh, that is who? Ishmael, was what? Persecuted. Now let me tell you this. Do you know many people who are following the law, they are always persecuting those who are under grace? Oh my God, you are not getting it. The people that follow the law, they are always persecuting us that are under grace, that understand the dimension of grace. And that is what Apostle Paul is saying here. The people under the law, they are always persecuting us who are children of the promise because they are still living in the old. It is nobody's fault that they don't understand scripture. Are you hearing me? Ours is to believe in the word of God and run with the word. Are you getting me? If you are now going and there, you are still preaching the Old Testament and lambasting people, they shouldn't eat pork and what? That is your problem. It is not ours. Are you following me? Yes. So the people who are under the law, they are always persecuting us who are under grace. Now let's go on. Now cast out the born woman. Now the born woman is who? Who and her, and her son? They represent who? They represent who? They represent the law. Haggai and Ishmael represents the law. Are you following me? And Sarah and Isaac represents what? Yeah, it says, but what, what, what happened? The Bible says, but what does the scripture say? Cast out to the born woman, Haggai, and her son Ishmael, for never shall the son of the born woman Do you know what that scripture means? Let me bring it home. The law and grace cannot coexist at the same time. So when the grace comes, when Sarah gave birth to a new son, we enter the dispensation of grace. And under the dispensation of grace says, what happened? Cast out the bond woman. Cast out the law. Don't be so glued to the law. As long as grace has come, you still don't live in the law. Are you following me? Now, next verse. So then, believers who are. Let's read, let's read one go. Yes, we are not children of the law, we are children of what? We are not children of the law. We are children of who? He says, so then, believers, we who are born again and reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, we are not children of the slave woman. And I said the slave woman represents what? The law. We are not children of the law. We are children of what? Grace. Say, I'm a child of grace. No, no, shout it. I'm a child of grace. Shout it. Say, I'm a child of grace. Shall he say, I'm a child of grace? Yes. You are a child of grace. So one thing you need to understand that when it was time for, when Haggai was, um, when, when, when Isaac was weaned, the same day Isaac was weaned, Sarah, um, Haggai and her son were kicked out of the house. When you come to the point, this is what it means. Isaac was born. Sarah was still there. All right. Um, um, Isaac was born with Sarah, by Sarah and Haggai and Ishmael were still in the house. Isn't it? The day Isaac grew to maturity to a point where he was weaned and could stand on himself and eat by himself, the same day, Haggai and Ishmael were kicked out. When you don't understand grace, you can coexist with the law and move from the law and grace. But the day you mature and you grow, and understand the dimensions of grace, you kick out. Are you getting it? Are you getting the revelation? Yes. If you don't understand it, the born woman lived with, 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 um, with Sarah, with a freed woman at the same time. When Isaac was weaned, the same day Isaac was weaned, that was the day Sarah Haggai and her son was driven out of the house. When you come to the place of understanding grace, the law goes out. Now go with me. Let's go back to the scripture. Genesis 21. 
Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Haggai and Ishmael represents who? Haggai and Ishmael represents what? And Isaac and Sarah represents what? Yes. Now, Genesis 21, take me from verse, verse 5. Shall we read one go? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Next verse. So the child Isaac was weaned, he grew and was weaned, and then right after being weaned, let's hear what happens. Next verse. Do you know that people that follow the law and are, who preach the law and do things of the law, they are always criticizing people under grace. You understand? They always do. And that is exactly what is happening here. And it is nobody's fault. If you still want to follow the law, do it. Leave us who believe in the new dispensation. Are you getting my point? So when Sarah saw that Isaac was being mocked by Haggai, next verse. Drive out this maid and her son, for her son shall not be an heir with. And that was how Haggai was taken out of the house, and the story ended. Hear me and hear me well. You need to understand who you have been made in Christ. Your position, your understanding of what Christ has done, it goes a long way to build your spiritual capacity. Amen? Yes. So you need to have understanding. Somebody say understanding. So now let's go back to the slides from the beginning. Um, 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 go back um, from one. Now, yes. No, next one. So the point we have established within these past few weeks is that under the dispensation of the promise, okay, move on to the next one. And let's not talk about the promise. Go to two. Yes. We have understood today by grace and mercy we have been saved. Someone say we have been saved. Yes. According to Ephesians chapter two, verse five, we have been delivered from God's judgment by grace and what? Yes. Number two. Next one. You were a sinner not because you sinned, but because who sinned? Because of Adam's sin, you were declared what? Yes. And God has made you righteous because, no, not because of what you have done, but because of what, who did, because of what, what Christ did. So you were a sinner not because you, um, you have sinned. You were a sinner because of Adam's sin. In the same way, you have been declared righteous because of what Christ did. Glory be to God. Are you learning something? Everything is written in the scripture. The only problem with us is that most people don't study the scriptures. So you, uh, you hear anything and you take anything and you believe anything because it's coming from a certain bishop or a certain man of God. Are you getting my point? Never accept something because you were told. Accept it because it is written in the Bible. Are we together? Next point. Christ became sin so that we shall become what? Yes. I've established that next point. You are not guilty of your sins. Your sins of the past, present, and future has been what? And one of the things I want everyone here to understand and let it sink into your spirit, God does not punish you because of your past sin. Say, God does not punish me because of my past sin. You see, you suffer the consequences of your sin by yourself. Did you hear what I said? You suffer the consequences of your sin by yourself. It is not God that punishes you because of your sin. Do you understand the two? Yes. So when you are suffering the consequences of your sin, don't say it is God that is punishing you. Amen? Are we together? Yeah, let me give you an example. Let me use a basic example. If you steal and you are arrested and you are put in jail, it is not God punishing you. It is the consequences of your... Yes. Are you getting my point? Are you following? Yeah, that is not God punishing you. It is the consequences of your sin. But God himself, if God was to punish us, 
based on the consequences of our sin, nobody will be blessed. Amen? Yes, so you suffer the consequences of your sin and your actions based on what you have done. But with God, he's a merciful God. Next point. I said move from the place of what? By faith, by believing in Yes, you must believe by faith that your sins were forgiven when you prayed. Amen? Yes, you must believe by faith. Somebody say by faith. Yes, you must have faith that your sins have been forgiven. Don't go back confessing the sins you sinned 10 years ago. Lord, you know, five years ago I did this. Forgive me. I mean, my friend, you forgive. he has forgiven you. Move on. Are you getting my point? That is why most of you don't move forward. Because you are always, the devil will bring back all the things you have done. Ten years ago, five years ago, you have you asked for forgiveness then, and it is already what done. It's already forgiven. Yours is to move on. Somebody say the Lord has forgiven me. Yes. Don't stay at the place of confession. Move to the place of what possession. Amen. Works the works of righteousness. Number six. God does not remember. Yes, it is written in the scriptures that He does not remember our sins anymore. Hebrews chapter eight, verse twelve. He says, for our sin, he shall not remember that anymore. Hebrews 8.12, give me that. Hebrews 8.12, yes. Hebrews 8.12. Shall we read one go? Mm -hmm. Next verse. Verse 13. God says he will remember our sins no more, right? Shall we read one go? Are we in a new covenant? So the Bible says when God speaks of a new covenant, he makes the past one what? Obsolete means what? It's there, null and void. It's, it's, it's not in use anymore, amen? And growing old and ready to what? Disappear. The old covenant is obsolete. It doesn't apply to us now. Amen? Yes. Now let's go to the next slide. Uh -huh. The law is for those who are. And by the law no one can be. Yes. Let's be upstanding. Let's be upstanding. Let's be upstanding. Let's be upstanding. So God willing next week. I was trying to rush through it so that we can be able to deal with it and finish. And uh, I can start the series on relationships beginning in two weeks' time. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you want to learn more about relationships? Building, not the relationship you are talking about, you are thinking. You are talking about really your relationship with God, your relationship with your children. Have you learned something? Yes. You are in a new dispensation. Somebody say a new dispensation. Yes. See, you need to have time and study your Bible. If you don't study your Bible, people will tell you things that are not there. That's why I make sure I quote scriptures, scripture by scripture, word by word, so that you will understand we are not reading from anywhere. Amen? Yes. I want you to begin to talk to God. Like I said, you see, Jesus died for your righteousness. Jesus didn't die for your spiritual growth. Let me say it again. Jesus did not die for your what? Yeah, he died for your salvation. For your spiritual growth, you have to work on it by yourself. You, this, you must decide to read your scriptures, read the Bible, have time to pray, build your spiritual life by yourself. Jesus did not die for you to, um, um, to grow spiritually. He died for your salvation. After you have been saved, the responsibility and the honors lies on you to work out your salvation. Grow that salvation. Grow from the place of just being born again. In May God
reach me deeper into the things of the spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Liga bro Sanctification is something you have to work. You to consecrate yourself and sanctify yourself. See, we are growing the word. Amen. Righteousness or justification is instantaneous, but sanctification is a process. You daily, weekly, monthly must work on your sanctification to be sanctified and to be set apart from everything that does not glorify God. You are telling the Lord. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he says, I, Paul, I beat my body and bring it under subjection so that after I have preached the word, I myself will not be a castaway. Say, like a boxer, shall we read one go? I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not be what? Yes. You must deny yourself. Somebody say, deny yourself. I told you the other day, the flesh has nothing good in it. If you are a believer, you are always yielding to the desires of your flesh. My friend, you can't rise. You can't grow in the Lord. The flesh tells you, do this and then you run. The flesh tells you, follow this and you run. You must learn how to discipline your body. Somebody say, discipline my body. And that one, it is your work. It is your responsibility. To learn how to discipline your body. Put your body under subjection. So that you can be able to work the works of righteousness. You can be able to do what God expects of you. You can be able to follow the word. I want you to make this last prayer. Now, Father, help me to discipline my body. Father, help me to discipline my flesh. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to talk to God. Begin to talk to God. Begin to talk to God. Lift up your voice and 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 talk to God. Rabada Gado Shadana Bazaba. Rantel Labako Shadana Baziaba. Rabalia Azon de Bekazota. Rapana Brashadana Brantaba. Hallekazon de Nemekaba. Rapalia Bako Shadana Branta. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Help us, O God, that we will bring our bodies under subjection. In the mighty name of Jesus. Leke de bo shalala baya. Rabababana brashalala brantaba. Labado shabana brashana. Halleleka shodiakana. Rabababana brashalala brashana. In the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you and we honor you. We ask, so God, help us to walk the ways of righteousness. Let the fruits of the Spirit begin to be manifested in us. Let it be, O oh God, that our life shall bring glory unto your name. Make us good ambassadors of you, Lord Jesus, that we shall reflect you here on the earth in the mighty name of Jesus. Let our lives, O oh God, draw men even unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. Strengthen us, empower us to walk this walk of righteousness. In the mighty name of Jesus, I we pray and everyone said amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. You can be seated. Hallelujah. You can be seated. If you came forward with your tie, just walk up here. Just come forward. If you came forward with your tie, just walk up here. If you have your tie with you, just walk. Let me pray with you. If you came forward with your tie, just walk up quickly. Let me pray with you.
Let me pray with you. If you have honored your tithes, just come forward for prayer. If you've honored your tithe, just come forward for prayer. And so, Father, we thank you for these lives. As they have honored you with their tithes, may you honor them in your word that says you open the windows of heavens unto them and give them a blessing that they will not have room to contain. May the word be fulfilled in their lives. We rebuke the devourer for their sake. In the mighty name of Jesus, we decree and declare by the mandate of the Holy Ghost, let it be your God that you set your people free from every financial hardship. Let them enter into a new season of overflow in their finances. I bless the work of your hands. I bless your businesses. I bless your careers. I bless everything that matters to you. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray with thanksgiving and everyone said amen. Yes, you can be seated. God bless. Now let's pray over the communion. Today is the last Sunday and every last Sunday we have communion. Let's, Father, I speak over this communion wine and bread. Let's be upstanding. Please. I declare the wine is sanctified and we declare it takes the form of the blood of Jesus. And as we take it, let healing manifest in our bodies. Let spiritual strength be released in our bodies. As we take the bread, oh Lord, we ask, let it be strength to our spirits in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare them sanctified. Holy Spirit, come in and have communion with us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Please, let's distribute it. Now, once you come, is being given so that we don't have to spend so much time. Once the communion is on, you just distribute it across as I pray. For in, I'm talking about in case of next month. Amen? Now, if you are new, it has two lids. The first lid makes you assess the bread, and the second lid makes you assess the wine. Let's be fast, please, as much as possible. Open the first leg to assess the bread before we pray. Before we take it in agreement, let everyone be served. Everybody has been served. Okay. Shall we take the bread? We take it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Take the wine. May it become spiritual nourishment to your spirit. May no disease remain in your body after today. May you be spiritually empowered. Receive grace to pray even more after today. Receive grace to walk the works of righteousness. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let this meal be a spiritual meal unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said amen. Let's appreciate the Lord. Hallelujah. Has everyone taken? Yes. Now we just want to share the closing prayer and then I will go and come back for the second service. Amen? Yes. Second service begins at three. Let's be here on time so that we can be able to close early. In fact, today I was aiming that we close earlier than this, but I think I, I, I delayed a bit. But from, from, from next week, we're going to close before 12 every Sunday. Amen? For the first service, around 11.30, 11.40, we should be done. Hallelujah. Amen? Yes. Because we are making provision to run two services in the morning and then an afternoon service. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's make our declarations. every aspect of my life. In the name of Jesus, I am demonstrating and working in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, 
The Lord has connected me to the right partner in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is there anyone that is fellowshipping with us for the very first time? Is there anyone fellowshipping with us for the very first time? Yes. Let's, let's see you by the raise of your hands. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, come on, let's appreciate, let's appreciate, let's appreciate. Good to have you. We appreciate you. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Yes. That is uh, Mr. Waweru's mom, right? We appreciate you. Welcome. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. God bless you. After service, I would like to have a word with you. Um, all newcomers, you sit th this side and I'll have a short word with you and pray for you before you go. How many of you on Sunday? Sunday, I said we are coming with a bottle of water in the second service. Somebody say second service. So come with your bottle of water and uh, we are going to have a prophetic time. Amen? Somebody say prophetic time. It's going to be dangerously awesome and powerful. And I know that God is going to minister to you at a point of your need. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's share the grace with one accord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us. Amen. Let's share the confession of faith. Psalm 23. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil. And my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy, blessings and favor, anointing and prosperity shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen.